You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 163 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Malisha. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? Good. What's happening in Gina world? Oh my God, just to get here is an effort. So, uh, <laughs> um, hey, new 5D Mark IV that oh, I've been playing with and nice. also I've uh, upgraded my lens to the Ooh. 24 to 105 Mark II. It's fantastic, beautiful. And so, how is it fantastic? How is oh, it different? The focus on the Mark IV is so much better. The um, really? ISO on it is so much better, bigger files everything it's it's amazing it's um it's a brilliant camera 4k video as well which i'm just starting to dabble with i have to say i'm not very good but i want Mm -hmm. to be a lot better so i'm trying to um uh get into that a lot more yeah right (laughs) cool and of course this is the canon um that's uh so have you been hanging after this camera for a while have I been hanging out for it? Yes. And I sort of held off. And so I think when I buy my cameras, uh, I, I kind of buy them uh, a year into when they come out. It's like I'm not, mm. I'm not one of those ones that will line up overnight to get the new iPhone. You know, those people that want to be the first one to get it. I sort of like to wait a little while and, um, you know, uh, I was pretty happy with the Mark III. Mark III is an amazing camera. Big jump. Notice like the Mark One, the, the, the 5D was, okay the 5d mark ii which you have right is a yes. is big jump on the mark one the 5d mark three better again and the mm. mark four just better again so um yeah it's got to uh play with it a bit more and um yeah report back sounds like it's it's going to keep you busy yes <laughs> all right so this particular episode, we have a snapshot, which is one of our mini-sodes. So in between our regular programming, we sometimes drop our mini-sodes, which are, as the name suggests, mini-episodes, and we'll tackle some listener questions and sometimes we might have a mini-interview or whatever. Uh, but this particular mini-sode is about how to build your profile from ground zero. And actually, it was inspired by a question from Dan Barker, who is one of our listeners and he's also in the gold community as well as uh, follow-up questions from Kerry and Karen. And so one of the things that has been happening, especially if you're new to this podcast, is that um, 
I have actually been going down this path this year of discovering the world of art. And <laughs> now I am, as many of you will know, a journalist and a writer and author. My world is full of words. I have a very keen interest in photography because obviously uh, Gina's my BFF and I've been surrounded by photography for decades as a result of her. But once upon a time, I was also a photo editor at some of at one of the big magazines in Australia. And part of my journey through uh, the magazine world has been always been closely involved with dealing with photographers, commissioning photographers, and um, and working out briefs to photographers. So I have the interest in photography, uh, which is one of my my keen hobbies. But this year, I've also um, added another string to that bow and discovered the world of art and painting. And Dan, it's, you know, we mention it from time to time in the podcast and I yeah. talk about it on social media. And Dan has said, um, it's, Valerie, it seems like your new art adventures have taken off in a short space of time. Uh, I wonder if you'd, able, if you'd be able to give us a bit of an insight into how you've gone from a parent zero to teaching, exhibiting and gaining commissions so quickly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, and um, uh, Dan has said, I thought there might be some good tips for us trying to get photography businesses going. Um, okay. And, and he's elaborated on that to talk about and asked whether I could talk about some of the strategies that I've used. Now, first and foremost, um, I wanted to say that I am by no means a established, accomplished artist. I have only uh, started entering the art world this year, as I mentioned. But and initially, I uh, started doing it purely for interest and, you know, just a fun thing to do, explore mm. my creative side or a different part of my creative side and just do it purely for fun. Mm. It was after I discovered that I really quite liked it a lot that I knew that I would spend more than just say Saturday afternoon doing some painting yeah. I would I wanted to do it more and more because it, I was all I thought about and mm -hmm. so I wanted to explore it more and it sort of all happened from there and what I wanted to talk about this particular mini-sode was some of the strategies that I decided to put into place because hopefully you can use very similar strategies in your photography business. Now, you might say art is different to photography, but essentially building up a creative business you can follow the exact same principles. In fact, building up any kind of small business, you can follow the same principles because one of the other things I do in my day job, I mentor small business owners, um, often they are creative entrepreneurs, on how to build their businesses and I help them build their profile. That's just one of the things I do and I, I, I deal with hundreds of people who go through a program every year and uh, it's my job to help them build their profile. And I have to admit that one of the frustrating things about, um, I mean, I love doing it, don't get me wrong. I actually love doing it and I love seeing people get results. But when I mentor and teach people in this way, um, one of the things that they say to me, which I find incredibly frustrating when some of them say this, is mm -hmm. they say, oh, but it's easy for you to get a profile because you've already built one. Yes. Because 
because I have a profile as a journalist in the small business space, I already had some, I'm certainly not famous, but, you know, I, I had a certain level of profile which enabled me to, you know, build on it more easier. So people used to say that to me and it was so annoying because that doesn't mean that the strategies don't work. <laughs> the strategies <laughs> still work. It just so happens that I'm further down the track. And so one of the things I wanted to do with this new world of being an artist is um, I, I, I did not have a profile as an artist. So you're not, as you're ex- not known in the art world. So like when yeah. you go to uh, the Museum of Modern Art, they don't that, like the doors just don't open and you're exactly. air kissing all the art world. No, <laughs> no, that, doesn't that, like does, that. <laughs> that does not happen. But admittedly, if I go to a small business networking event, I will know many people in the room yeah. and many people will know me. Lots so of air I, kissing I, there, Val. I've yes, seen this. Yes, lots like, of you've got like <laughs> rock star status there. No, 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 no. So there is a lot of air kissing there. But in the art world, I'm, you know, nobody. And so what I wanted to do as a bit of an experiment is to go, okay, well, look, I'm coming from zero or less than zero in mm. this particular profile. And trust me, having expertise in small business, <laughs> small business and being a journalist about entrepreneurship doesn't give you any cachet in the art world. So I don't have that even to to draw on or anything. No one knows me in the art world. And so I wanted to do an experiment where I could employ these strategies and start from ground zero and see whether I could build my profile. So I could show (laughs) as an example to all the people that I teach about building their profile is that you can literally do it from ground zero. So I think the important thing is that I didn't start doing this when I was just dabbling. When I was dabbling and exploring different types of painting, I literally was just doing it for fun. And, but like I said, when I realized, oh, I'm, I really like doing this a lot, like every, almost every waking hour. Every waking hour, yes. (laughs) Well, I thought about it every waking hour, but I did still have a day job that I needed to, to do. I thought, oh, I wonder if this could get a bit of traction. And I and and I liked the idea of it. I liked the idea of being paid to do art. Yeah. Mm. So I because uh, of course I was getting all these canvases and where were they going? You know, <laughs> there's only so many walls in my house that they can hang on. So I liked the idea of being paid to do art, and of course I wanted to do do a, a, to do a good job and stuff like that. So I thought, well, what if I apply the same strategies that I teach? You know, my uh, the the business owners who I teach how to build their profile. So the first thing is I had to decide what kind of artist I wanted to be and how I wanted to position myself. Well, actually, let me take one step back. Even before deciding that, I had to decide that I want to be an artist, which in itself is a big decision because I know a lot of people who want to do art, but they won't call themselves an artist because they um, don't have the confidence to. Whereas I have every confidence, say, to call myself a writer yeah. yeah, and a journalist, no problem, because I'm clear. I have the confidence to call myself those things. But you so first when, have to. So, Valerie, when was that day when you just decided I'm now an artist? Because I can remember the day I decided I was a photographer. I just decided. Yes, that was that's it. it. That was literally it. It is a split. It, it, it it's a one second decision. You 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 just decide. Yep. And I decided I was going to be an artist. And the to you know apart from. Uh, deciding that mentally, the physical manifestation of that was I changed my 
Instagram and uh, changed my bios online. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so yeah. that it was real. So I have, I, I might not have changed them all, but I changed all the key ones because yeah. I've got so many, so many profiles yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I've cha- I changed the key ones. And so Instagram now says artist. My website says artist. Yeah. Um, and it, it made it more tangible. Yes. In addition to that, I, um, on my website, for example, which um, had a variety, as in my personal website, um, which had my personal blog and a variety of other things, I made sure that I had a section called art. Right. And I made sure I put some examples of my art. You know, they were just things that I'd painted and, or created. Yeah. They weren't in museums or anything. Yeah. <laughs> but they were images of my art and a little bit of a story and explanation behind behind that. So... Um, I needed to make it real for myself. And then I slowly started getting used to um, the fact that I was calling myself an artist online, but then I had to get used to the idea of talking about it as in in real life to a person. (laughs) So like is that your like opening conversation when people like often you're with someone it's like, so what do you do? Because I know I I think the mistake a lot of uh, emerging photographers make in their bio and when they're introducing mm. themselves to people is they their bio says student, photographer or a spy. Yeah. Photographer, yes. and when they meet people, they and what do you do? Well, I'm um, I'm an accountant by day and by night. I'm learning photography. Whereas you've just gone out and said, oh, "You've named it. I'm an artist," and that's exactly what I did, Val. I didn't wait for yes. anyone to say, "You're now a photographer," or for this magic moment, or for the photography gods to like the bolt of lightning to hit and you are now a photographer. I just yes. Woke up one day and I said, I'm a photographer. I, 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 back then I had a business card that I got printed that had my name and photographer underneath. That was my moment, similar to, you know, what you've done, yes. which is fantastic. Yeah, that's you right. Owned it. So, yeah, that's important to own it. And if, and then when, then you need to own it out loud, as in when you're saying it to people. So I thought the easy way to ease into that mm-hmm. is, you, is I started saying it in art shops. Because everyone's an artist there. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, the, so when I was chatting to the people in art shops or chatting to, you know, uh, the, the, the sales assistant, they would, they would strike up conversation and it would come about. Um, they'd say, they'd actually say, so are you an artist? And I had to just say, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> so that's actually how it started because they would say, are you an artist? And you'd say, yes. And then I would take it beyond the art shop so I wouldn't you know accost people in the street and and say hey I'm an artist I'm an artist (laughs) what do you do (laughs) no obviously if I was meeting people in the context of my day job as a journalist and writer I would you know talk to them as a journalist and writer but if I wasn't and I didn't expand and say oh and I also an artist blah 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 blah. I mean but they don't really know or care but in other contexts, you know, in the cafe or yeah. at other events and things like that, at conferences where where it's not my target market, I would say I'm an artist. And one of I remember one of the conferences when I first started down this journey, um, I went to, I was 
hadn't quite said it aloud yet in except for art shops mm. but my friend who was next to me had introduced me to you know someone and um she knew that I'd started that down this path and she introduced me and said this is Valerie she's an artist oh she outed you she so yes. it wasn't you someone else did it for you that which is correct good. Mm. and so that's when I went oh I like that's I like the sound you of that like that or on more to the point, it was his the, the guy she introduced me to, it was his reaction. He just went, Oh, are you what kind of art? And he was interested in asked sorts of, all sorts of questions about my art. And so I just, you know, answered. And it was uh comfortable. So I realized yeah. that's not that hard to yeah. admit you're an artist. And, you know, I I it became easier to do that after after that point. So then I became more comfortable um with uh, calling myself an artist, and I thought, okay, well, one, I, how does one get paid work? <laughs> well, how do you? Yes, that's the uh, $50 million question, Valerie. Well, um, I had no idea to start off with. <laughs> um, I was just painting away and, you know, doing things for fun. Yeah. And then I realised I, uh, there were a couple of things. that I, I, I followed many other artists on Instagram and, you know, their websites and social media and stuff like that, and I looked at where they sold their work and um, and and they sold on various online sites and, you know, Etsy and things like that. Yeah. And that's and that was fine, but I knew that I, I just liked the painting. I didn't like the delivering. Right. <laughs> As in I didn't want to – paint something I mean I was happy to paint the the painting part but I didn't want to go to the storage shop and find boxes and bubble wrap and wrap things in 20 you know things of bubble wrap and put them in a box and find a courier and or a post and taking them to the post office that was the part that didn't work for me yeah in terms of Etsy or, right. or any of those online sites. There's nothing wrong. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with doing Etsy and any of those online sites. I just didn't want the fulfillment part as in the shipping part. So I knew that that wouldn't work for me. So I decided not to go on Etsy or any of those sites because I didn't want to go to the post office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because um, you are a bit of a princess sometimes, yeah. Valerie Koo. You know that. <laughs> but that's all right. Okay. It suits this new whole new model. So <laughs> – so what did you do? <laughs> so I thought, oh, that's going to be missing out, you know. It's it's like uh, – and and also when you are an Etsy, you need to find your audience and, and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things that I teach when I teach building your profile and, and with the small business owners is apart from, you know, the, the right messaging, one of the key strategies is to think of partnerships or – or if you need to find your target client, who is already reaching your target client? Yeah. Do you want to break so, that down a little bit more, Val? Okay. So one of the things that I knew from the outset was my dream was, to, and I know this is weird for some people. Mm. No, but, but my, it's you, Val, so it's okay. <laughs> my, for some reason, my dream is um, – to do commercial, to, to, to do art for um, uh, buildings, as in I'm still, commercial oh, of spaces. Commercial spaces, like that's I'm, always I'm been your dream. Yeah, well, not I, I don't know about always. It's been a short. <laughs> this makes my dream so feel far. disappointing of swimming naked in a vat of Nutella. 
you know, I kind of feel like, again, that I haven't quite dreamt big enough, really. It's like you lie in bed at night going, I've always wanted to have my work in a commercial space. And I lie in bed going, it would be so good to swing naked in a vat of Nutella. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, when I started down this journey, I, although I'm perfectly happy, of course, and I have painted commissions for residential places, I love the idea of my uh, uh, art being in commercial buildings. No, no, let's go back a bit. How did you mm-hmm. get the commissions for commercial spaces? Okay, so I'm getting to that. So I, but I, right. I needed to. I, I had. I. I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. So those people are not looking on Etsy. No. Anyway, uh, and those people are not looking on you know those online sites or whatever. They're they're busy. <laughs> um, so you. And, so what you're and saying the only is way- think like your client, Val, or get into your client's head and think like they do, and position yourself to be found where they're looking. Is that what you're saying? Sort of, sort of. So one of the things that I said to myself is that, oh, I just want to be in Centrepoint. Now, for those of you who aren't in Sydney, Centrepoint's like the equivalent of um, the Edmonton Mall or, you know, the biggest mall in your city or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I don't have to be in a mall. It could be a office building. I'd love to be in an office building or a, um, or a, a, um, uh, you know, conference center or, or that sort of thing. I don't know yes. why that's just my thing. It's weird, but that's so I, Yeah, it's weird. So I thought, well, these people, they use interior designers. Ah. They don't pick the art themselves or they use consultants of some nature. So firstly, I started um, developing relationships with interior designers, following them on Instagram. I would get the the magazines, you know, the interior designing yes. magazines yeah. and um, look through the names of the stylists and follow the stylists and, um, you know, that sort of thing. Anyway, I happened to be talking to an interior designer who was doing a commercial, some commercial premises. And she was talking about how they wanted some artwork and they wanted it to they were happy with abstract and they but they wanted it to be somehow representative of a, a, the particular geographic area that they were living in yes i'm not living in that the business was in yep and as it turned out i knew that geographic area really well so i right. i said oh i'm an artist and i know that geographic area really well and i started telling her all about the geographic area and um, you know, so she was open to it. But as some time progressed, like during the week, I did a whole heap of research in the geographic area yeah. and wrote a proposal on exactly what the art would represent. Um, and I picked the key factors of that geographic area, yeah. the, you know, the, the main things. Um, so I talked about what the art would, would represent. I gave examples of the kinds of looks that, you know, I was thinking about um, and, and so on. Anyway, so uh, she took it to the client and the client was, um, you know, was interested and the client said um, to send ex- more examples of my work. But the point right. was that I didn't, you didn't have, have any <laughs> lots of examples. <laughs> so that weekend I rang all my friends and I said, give me a brief and you will end up with a piece of artwork. Oh, because my I wanted, God. I wanted to create stuff that was 
something that people actually wanted. Yes. So my friends were lucky that weekend and they, they gave those, they gave me a brief. I created um, artwork, uh, but yep. before I gave it to them, of course I photographed it and everything yes. so that I created a body of work. That's that, fantastic. That, I love it. That by the Monday I was able to, because she told me this on the Friday and I said yeah. to her, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's Friday afternoon. I'll get it to you on Monday. <laughs> Yeah. So I created it over the weekend so she had at least some things and the client um, liked them and agreed to it. So that, That's not that was, outrageous at all, Valerie. I think that's amazing that you did that. You? <laughs> I love your style. <laughs> so that was the first one. But um, then the – so then the, after the first one, it kind of went from there because the first one actually had quite a short deadline and I worked around the clock to meet that deadline. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, the client just absolutely loved it. The interior designer absolutely loved it. That was almost even more important to me because the interior designer would – it would be through the interior designer that I would get other jobs. Right. So it was so important for me that the interior designer loved it. And so I made sure that her client was super happy, that she was super happy and all of that. And very soon after, um, I got more and more and more commissions. Um, other examples of getting paid, uh, of getting commissions or, or working, um, you know, collaborating is I, um, I, I've created some flagship not well, some you know statement pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people actually won't have in their home because they're really big. Yeah, but they but they're impressive. But for example, the last statement piece I put on Instagram, uh, within twenty four hours, I got three commissions. Fantastic of, of smaller pieces. Yep, but they loved the statement piece so much, but they didn't you know, want the big statement piece because it's really gigantic. Um, but I got three commissions as a result of that. And let's just go and, back to that statement piece, Val. So yeah. in when you're painting that statement piece, you're coming from you're not thinking, all right, if I do the, these certain colours or this certain style, I'm going to be able to to sell it. You're, you're painting from the heart, right? It's like yes. exactly what you wanted to paint without thinking about who's going to buy it or how you're going to sell it or how that's going to position you in this instance. It's like you just said it. They're so big, not many people would want them because they're, they're statement pieces, so they're coming yes. from you. And you but put that out there, what happened? Not people quite. commission you. No? <laughs> no. So yes and no. So it is. it was something that I definitely really wanted to create myself, yep. you know. But the way it came about was when you have a statement piece, it's got to go somewhere, right? Like right. It's, <laughs> it can't just sit lying against. Yeah. It can't just sit lying against the wall. Yeah. So um, I wanted it to have a, a ultimate home. Yeah. So – I um, have – so – and this brings me to my next thing is that um, uh, there's a place that's selling the statement piece yeah. and, um, and and it's like a gallery arrangement, if you know yes. what I mean. And um, I had been going to this place. So it's it, – the next suburb along from me is kind of a, quite a fancy suburb. Yeah. Um, and I had been going to breakfast there for uh, once a week for a long time. And I kept looking at this blank wall that I thought, 
that just really needs a piece of art. Hmm. And um, one day I said, I asked the the owner, would you ever put a piece of art on that wall? And she's she, and we had started chatting about it. Mm. And so I actually painted it specifically for that wall. Ah. So that it would look great. Right. And 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 it and it worked, I guess. And um so the the thing with that is that you don't just walk into random places and say, "Hey, will you exhibit my art?" Yes. I've now got two, one, two, two confirmed relationships, and one I'm working on. So the two confirmed relationships of other places who have agreed to exhibit my art, and by exhibit, they're not galleries; they're like homeware stores, or yes. you know what I mean. They're, they're not yes. art galleries, but they're places that would have art on the walls. But you're not and cold calling these places, Val. They don't. It's not somewhere that you're walking and they don't know you. So, so that's this right. place that you you'd had breakfast there for how long? Yeah, um, often. Yeah, so they they knew you by sight. They knew of you, so you didn't feel uncomfortable having that conversation with them. And they're like, "Oh, well, this person comes here all the time. Yeah, of course, we'll we'll chat to you about that." So it's like that's exactly right. It's the equivalent of the. Um, the photographer who says, oh, look, I want to get more assisting work and uh, we always recommend, well, get yourself on social media, get yourself mm. in front of photographers and maybe spend a year liking their stuff, retweeting, retweeting their stuff, mm. that, adding value to what they do and develop the relationship first and then you're, you know, it's a lot warmer. You're coming in, you're not cold calling them, you're warm calling them. They know who, who you are. It's a lot easier so basically what you're saying is develop the relationship first. Develop the relationship first, yes. And this one place that I'm working on at the moment, which I would love to get into, I'm purposely going there a minimum of once a week and just, you know, buying something small, it might just be a chocolate or whatever, mm. and having a conversation. Mm. And I'm not even, at, you know, in some weeks from now, then I'll broach the subject. Right. So, yeah, I think that it's it, – and, and, and also um, – <laughs> I'm showing them, like if they want to look at an example, I specifically curate the an image that I think would go ideally in their store. Yes. So I'm not showing them every kind of no. thing I've ever done or all these totally different styles. I'm showing them the thing that would be ideal for their look and, and feel. So, um, yeah, so that has been a um, – that has that has worked out as well. But like I said, it, I don't even know because these are all new relationships. I don't mm. even know necessarily how successful they're going to be financially if they're going to sell much or not, but it kind of doesn't matter if, for example, I take the photo there and straight after I take the photo I get three commissions online. Exactly. You know what I mean? But you're developing mm. the relationships and also I think the thing that the, the most important thing you did there and it's like it sounds – the reason I loved it so much is it's something that I would do and I have done. Like that whole getting that commission for your first commercial space mm. where you've, you've 
they've turned around and said, have you got any work? It's like, it's very similar to most of the stories of where I got my first breaks in industries where like they'd ask, can you do this? And my mm. answer was always, yes, I can. And then I'd just scramble back <laughs> home, you know, looking up books and like, how do I do this? And like my first yeah. commercial break was shooting soft drink bottles uh, that came from a warm client. I was working in a restaurant, Val. The, the yeah. art director came in for dinner every night. I'm a photographer. I kept telling him, I'm a photographer mm. and one day he said, shoot, can you shoot um, soft drink bottles? Of course I can. I didn't have a clue, Valerie, and I spent mm. an entire weekend shooting something <laughs> that should have taken an hour. I made a loss on the job. I got him as a client in the end. So it's like say yes, say yes, yes and then work it out as you go. And a lot, of, a lot of new artists and photographers are fixated on I need all my ducks to line up, I need to know how to mm. do everything. I don't think there is, if you look at anyone successful in their stories about how they got started, they'll all say the same thing. Few will say, oh, yeah, I had everything sorted out, I knew how to do everything, and then it, it, and then I gradually just got, you know, got better and better in my commissions. No, there is a leap of faith that has to happen at some point. And, you know, let's be frank, there's a bit of bullshitting that goes on along the way. You can go, yes, I can do that. And you you rise to the challenge in, in most mm. cases. And and you know what? You can do that. And, you know, you've proved that, Val. You, you said, I can do this. I'm going to show you work. And you went and, and made it and created work that would 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 fit with that uh that commission and you got it it's amazing Mm. it's amazing it's been it's been fun so um i think that uh it's it's important to figure out what people want out of um for example if i'm dealing with a store that i'd like uh, that i'm hoping will exhibit my work think about what do they want out of it well they don't want just hey your creative vision they want stuff that looks great in their store Right. And makes sense for their store, right? So you've got to um, – so in the store that I'm delivering stuff next week to, um, it they can take – there's like three walls which can take stuff. Um, and I've got to make sure they all go together for a start, <laughs> you know, they all yeah. complement each other. Yeah. But also that it makes sense for that store to, to have those particular – um, those particular pieces. So I'm going to make sure that the story behind each of those pieces has something to do with, you know, the themes for that store. But then also if you're dealing, say, with your interior designer, well, what do they want out of it? Well, they want a happy client, right? Right. Um, and they want uh, their client to think that they're amazing and, or that they've got a good deal or something. So think about w- what you can do that's going to be appealing to the designer in terms of what they want to get out of it. Hmm. So um, I thought I'd move on because uh, Dan asked about how did I get into teaching and stuff. Well, that I must admit because I do teach writing. Uh, yep. That's that's my regular gig and I also mentor people in how to build their profile. Right. Um, so I, I already have a background in teaching. So yep. I think that when I started doing a lot of this, people just – it was a natural – uh, natural next step, I think. And, and, and I didn't offer teaching people asked me whether yes. I would teach some of the techniques. And so I, I, you know, I did that. And when I mentioned that on social media, then people in other cities <laughs> said, <laughs> would you, would you teach here? And the thing is that 
I love teaching writing and I love doing my painting, but I have actually, even though I, I did teach some, some stuff in terms of like the rope art I was doing, I've decided it's not an area I actually want to expand on. I'm happy just doing the creating as opposed to the teaching. So I'm not actually pursuing that side of it. Um, Karen has also asked, how do you gauge how much what you are producing is worth, which is a really good Mm. question. Mm. Um, And uh, that, that isn't that easy, but I did want to, because I was pitching to a commercial audience, um, I needed to be taken seriously and I just made sure I did a lot of research into the area and research into, you know, what artists of that level were were charging. And admittedly because I... Um, uh, you know, didn't want to go on Etsy and, and that sort of thing. I didn't want to, they, that, that's a certain price point and I didn't want to yes. be necessarily at that price point. Not that there's mm. anything wrong at all with that price point, but it was important to position my pricing in an appropriate way. And, uh, but also that I wasn't overcharging or anything like yeah. that. It was still fair and reasonable, but I did that through a lot of research, Karen, by right. just looking at what other artists were doing and then deciding whether I was comfortable with charging that amount and was it enough? Was it too much? And I, I needed to be comfortable with it and, right. and I was so, um, <clears throat> Especially because it takes a lot longer than I it thought does. to it's create. It's hard work, Belle. and there's a <laughs> yes. lot of. Um, it's, it's not just the uh, the time; it's the the, the mental um, <clears throat> stuff that goes into it. Because you, it, like, even when you're thinking not painting, it, you're yeah. thinking about it. That's right, sleepless mm. nights. And Karen also said, "Where do you go, and what do you say to garner interest?" Now, the thing with that is, again, it's 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 about what you put out there online. So. Um, Instagram is very visual, obviously. Mm. Um, so what I would put on Twitter would be totally different to what I would put on Instagram. So with Instagram, I used to just do Instagram for fun and I'd put photos of what I was eating and of my cat and of, yeah. you, still you know. Do, Belle. I still do, yeah, but, uh, but there's always a painting and a cat now. Oh, yes, I've noticed That's the that. difference. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so – so before I would, you know, take my even take a photo of myself in the Uber or whatever, it was just for fun. But I've become more strategic with it and made sure it's far more visual and made sure – and there's been a slow evolution, but there are more photos of paintings and less photos of random things. Interesting, Val. And I still love my cats so yes. much. No, no, but I'm never – not suggesting that you don't, Val. Well, I don't. I make sure that they're in the photo with the paint. Of course. Because that's a side of you as well, you know. You're showing personality. And Karen also says, I have a very hard time seeing much more than the mistakes I'm making or have Mm. made with whatever I'm doing. And, look, that's going to happen, Karen. I still see all the mistakes I'm making too, you know. I mean, we all. And so uh, do I. It never goes away. It never, never goes, goes away. away. That's a good sign. It just means that you care about your work. Um, yes. It, it, the, the last thing you'd want is uh, the artist that does something, creates something and then says, you know what? God, I'm good. This is amazing. 
I never have to do anything again. Well, you give up. That's it. It's over for you because if you can't see a way to improve on the last thing that you did, you, the growth has stopped and you, you become stagnant. And that's it's. I don't think that's a good thing. I, I don't think you need to be um, overcritical. You need to look at yeah. it with, you know, sort of more balance and go, uh, here's all the good things I've done in this image and here's what I can improve. And you're always uh, looking to improve. And so uh, Matt Cohen, who I spoke spoke to last week, uh, who's the, you know, top, uh, one of the top extreme sports photographers in the world was saying the same thing. He he looks at his mm. images as soon as he's shot them and he's thinking about how can I make this better? What angle can I do? How can I improve the lighting? What shutter speed should I be at next time? Constantly. And any artist who's at the top of their game is constantly reviewing what they do. So that, that, that never goes away. And it's mm. it's a good thing, but you it, it it can't be you can't make it something that cripples you and and stops you from create uh, continuing to create. So it's got to be you you need to be able to be balanced about it and look back at where you were even a month ago or six months ago and say, well, like you know, my work is constantly improving, and you need to pat mm. yourself on the back every now and then as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, still it's, for me anyway, uh, it's also, and for anyone really, I think it's important to get um, feedback from trusted people. So, you know, like if you're in the gold community, you get feedback from Gina or if you're, depending on, you know, what, what it's about. But I, I, you know, created some pieces that I was like, hmm, is it good? I kind of like it, but I'm not sure. And I would show you know, someone I trusted who mm. knows about art or who <clears throat> is quite artistic. And I could see by the look on his face that it wasn't <laughs> working. So I literally started from scratch. I, I, I threw that out and I started again. And then, and I, and when I got, did the next version you, I, you, and, and did various iterations, I finally knew the point where that's it. That's what I needed to have gotten to. So I do believe if you have that niggling feeling um, that it could be better, just keep trying until you yes. get it better and better and better if you are wanting to master your craft, of course. So um, I think that that's important. Um, and Kerry Setch has said, how to, do you work towards a breakthrough or how to position yourself for a lucky break? I think there's a couple of things here. I think that you need to look at your yourself holistically, not only in terms of your skill, but also in the way you position yourself. As I said, your, your social media presence, you know, what you're putting out there, who you're making connections with, whether you're being proactive to look for collaborations or places that you can exhibit or work with or whatever. Um, and, and apart from looking at that, you need to be doing something to do with that every single day. And, mm -hmm. and that momentum creates the lucky break. That momentum is what uh, if you're constantly doing something towards your craft or towards um, getting clients or whatever, that momentum eventually pays off. But it doesn't pay off if you do one thing one week, then you wait two weeks and do something else, then wait two weeks and do something else. You kind of got to be on it. 
You, uh, you, you kind of like so you're spending the time, and it's hard as a, as as a creative uh, waiting for that big break. And believe me, Kerry, it's going to come when you least expect it, and when you're least ready, it's going to come on a bad hair day. Mm-hmm. It's going to come uh, when you know you've got fifty other things to do that day. It'll be so last minute. But if leading up to that moment, every day you're doing something to hone those skills, you're developing your work. You, you know how to shoot quickly, you've nailed your lighting, you know everything. When that break comes, you're ready for it and mm. you absolutely nail it, then all the other doors start opening and it becomes um, this uh, beautiful series of events uh, and, and it, it, it feels easier every time. But the, the, the critical mm. thing is because a lot of people will get their lucky break and they're not actually ready and they may blow it. So it's just important that you know that like today I'm going to spend the day like I'm mastering Photoshop, I'm working on my files, I'm working on my folio, I'm going out, I'm shooting constantly and then you're absolutely ready and you're out there, you're putting yourself out there, you're meeting people all the time, you're telling everyone that you know I'm a photographer, I'm a photographer, the break will come. The break Mm. will come. And and I agree you should prepare yourself in that try and upskill yourself as much as possible. But admittedly, my break, you know, one of my first breaks with this, I wasn't necessarily ready. And if, if you do happen to be in that situation where you're not ready, I strongly recommend that you jump at the chance anyway and then kill yourself <laughs> to make the most of the opportunity. Like I literally yes. did not sleep. Yeah. For a week, I reckon, or seven. That's a yeah, common early story, Bell. That's a common story, but yeah, mm. don't be afraid. Make the leap. Just go for it, and uh, you, you know, you, you make it work. Make it happen. Do everything you mm. can when the break does happen. Yeah, because the momentum then you know, helps you keep going. If I didn't kill myself, like really work my guts out that first time, I wouldn't have produced, you know, something that the interior designer loved and, and then got, I got subsequent commissions, you know, multiple commissions after that. Exactly. um, Yeah. Anyway, hope that you guys have found that useful. There is um, a few other tips that I'm going to share with the gold community because it's actually part of my strategy um, not to share certain things publicly but I'm happy to do that with the gold community because you guys are um, uh, insiders and uh, as long as you promise not to tell anyone and um, because one of the there's a cup there's a few things that I've worked out to um, almost guarantee that the client's gonna love it mm. um, not necessarily all needed all the time because you you kind of can especially when you know that especially when a client has commissioned something based on a certain look you already know that they love that look but when you are flying blind a little bit and you're creating something that um because that you're not entirely sure because you don't know your client that well perhaps I've I'll share a couple of tips it will do like a ask me anything on this I think Gina in the gold community and I'll share some of the ways to to that I've employed anyway to guarantee or I reckon close to guarantee that a client's going to love your stuff. 
All right. Thank you, Valerie. This has been amazing. Such a great insight into the the mind of an artist. And, uh, you know, (laughs) all jokes aside, I'm incredibly proud of everything you've achieved and the fact that you've just said, yep, I'm an artist. And uh, it's like this is the stuff that you teach. uh, But to see you, um, you know, walk the walk and actually, you know, do what you talk about and prove that it's it's possible is uh, fantastic. It's it's uh, it's so good to see that you have such great dreams of having your work in a commercial space. And I think <laughs> I need to really rethink my dreams now, Val. <laughs> Swim, oh no, swimming naked in Nutella, I think that that's a pretty good dream. Do you think? Yeah, totally. In a large vat, like a life-size, like a swimming pool would be, it would be pretty cool. <laughs> That no one else has swum in, mind you. I, I want to be yeah. the first. It's like it, I, I'm not going in if 50 other people. <laughs> Gross. Gross. on that note everyone anyway on that note where do we find you online Gina so ginamilitia.com g-i-n-a-m-i-l-i-c-i-a at ginamilitia on Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest you can find my how to Lightroom and Photoshop videos on YouTube so search for Gina Militia and uh, that's it Val where are you You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, you'll find both of us in the um, Facebook group where um, we're hanging out. It's the podcast community. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community and request to join. We'd love to have you in there. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.